You're listening to Red Nation Online. Wednesday, May 18th, it's Steve Perry, I'm Ian Clark, and it's ESSU on the go as we run down TFC's 1-1 draw with NYCFC. After Saturday, expectations might not have been high, but at the final whistle, it felt like opportunity lost, as the Reds had their chances but lacked the confidence to be clinical. Youth was on display, and we discussed the performances of Mobabuli and Jay Chapman, go over the moments of the match, and look ahead this weekend to Columbus. All this and more on the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Last last year, we're never getting third. Was that twenty five thousand people probably this game? Yeah, I didn't hear the attendance. I was trying to figure it. I don't know. It was low. It was still low. Yeah, no, we can't. Still can't hear shit. So here, we're not back. We're on our way home. No, it's and this is the first ESSU on the go for twenty sixteen. Way more crowded than any other ones in the past. So see if we get. Uh, I don't know. Some, a lot of background noise. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely got the percussion thing going on there. And it's a one-man drumming, drumming machine. And I, sh- I should have started this recording sooner because you started, you started the, you already started the podcast. You were complaining how it took us 15 minutes to get into the stadium. It's true, it did. Man, that was so brutal. Oh, well, okay, so it was an early start tonight, so it's a Wednesday night game, and uh, it was a seven o'clock start. So I think all the other games started around 7:30, and they've also all been delayed. This is the only game that started on time, and it was like a weeknight, which was impossible to get into. And again, we had the wave wanding, the wand waving thing get to get through. It was, uh, it was pretty brutal. How long did it take you to get in? Well, let's cut across this way. Um, well, my my, it took me about at least ten minutes. And this is the first time out front. I don't know if people know if you go in gate one. There's like the pavement area. I was actually lined out to the grass. Yeah, before well, so I could get into the stadium. It was more packed than it's ever been. And So I think I came in 15 minutes later than you, and it was still to the grass. And if after the first two games of the season, everyone would know that going to a TFC game is like going to the movies. You have about a 30-minute window before the game actually kicks off. But tonight, they start it on the dot. Right, and so that made it so that like a lot of people didn't get to see it. And, and you did, I guess there was like a breakaway at the beginning, and there was also a shot. There's a couple of chances. You could hear the crowd ooing and aahing outside, and you're just going nuts trying to get. You're going, just make this line go faster, because this ain't a fucking nightclub, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yes, and there was. I was in in the stadium. I was in there for. You got to see the, the first two minutes, so I did see that. 
the uh, the early action in the game, but I, it was uh, a Joe Vinko breakaway where he uh, tried to slot it far post, and uh, Saunders got a bit of a hand on it. But I would say that the initial impression was that things picked up pretty much where they left off on Saturday. Oh, right. Okay, so the yeah, the starting uh, lineup, was, the starting eleven was the ending eleven from Saturday, right? Except that Perkis was out and Josh Williams was in at center yeah, back. But, but he was out. He got subbed out at the end of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So right. it was the the 11 that ended starting this week. And, and I guess there's also, like, uh, so it looks like Osario and Altidore are out on injury now. Yeah, Osario because uh, Delgado. Osario got that stomp. Right. So that mangled up his ankle again. Delgado... Uh, the, the person there's, ru- there's rumors that there's rumors that he might be starting on Saturday. Yeah, courtesy of the, uh, the people behind us, who got in first. They were the first ones in tonight. <laughs> they got a shirt. <laughs> they must have been here at like four o'clock yeah. to get into this. Be the first ones in this game. That's yeah. for sure. So, uh, should, I don't know. Do we do want to do the result first? Like we haven't done the result yet, have we? Or we're just, well, I did. We did. Down the, uh, we did talk about uh, Jovink. Someone with a Poland jar. a Perkis fan. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the one of the only ones left. Uh, well, I was thinking uh, because there's a lot of Pirlo fans here too, and Pirlo was here, but he never actually played. No, the, in fact, almost none of their DPs played except uh, Via came in at the end, right? Via. Yeah, I th- and I th- and it's. Uh, and he had a shot on net that from distance that almost went in. It's a cheeky little number. Sorry. Yeah, I have a feeling that uh, there was more than one person who maybe was keeping an eye on the on the lineup late going into this game. I know that I was. Uh, Aaron was going to come out to this one, and then he pulled the shoot when he saw the starting lineup for New York, and none of their DPS were listed for this game. Are we going to start over? No, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up from here and just All say right. that. Uh, yeah, I'll add, I'll add that out. I, I won't leave that big that big gaping hole. In the podcast, we did have some okay banter before we got into the game. I got all self-conscious walking with this, the plethora of fans that were in and around us, eavesdropping in on the podcast. Okay, so we were talking, I don't know, we were talking about... Uh, well, we almost started getting into the game. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. And I was saying how I kind of felt like this game was, and we were saying how this game was kind of picking up where it left off on Saturday. Part of it you were mentioning was the roster, and I was also saying... In the in the very early going, aside from maybe Joe Vinko's chance on goal, they weren't looking particularly. It's a bit lackluster, if I could say that. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, I mean, because it's it seems like it was the bench, like uh, it was this, our starting, some of our starting eleven with some of our bench, uh, a bunch of players that we saw on Saturday, but really haven't seen much before that, and uh, and they, I think they struggled. I mean, I think they, I mean. So I heard comments about how we sort of uh, possessed the ball most of the game, and it seemed like we kind of owned the game a bit, but uh, couldn't finish on the chances, which seems to be the never-ending story for Toronto FC, right? Uh, up until last year when Jovenko G- came, came in. Prior to that, it was always, we can get it pretty close, but we can never finish, right? So it was a bit more of that tonight, and, um, uh, and then it seems like New York started their B team too, right? Yeah, both both teams, I guess, with a midweek game, might be looking ahead to the weekend instead of instead of this match. My, my you know, I, th- I think I need to, as we've already put some time in this podcast. I do think, as this result gets digested, uh, the outlook might change. But uh, I think my initial impression is disappointment. 
uh, in the result. I don't. I do think New York was there for the taking. Uh, even though we didn't have our best, you know, we could say if we want to say our best players or our best starting eleven. You know, I'm watching that second half, and I and as it got closer to the final whistle, I was sort of saying like, I think we missed our chances. Yeah, that's the thing. And, that, and like, we had a ton more than New York did for sure. I, I don't disagree. I think they, have, yeah, uh, that was our loss really. I mean, it came, it was a tie, but it was our loss because um, we missed so many, and they didn't really have anything else except for that David Villa shot from distance. Um, outside of that, I don't remember really being under threat that much in no. the second half at all and little bits in the first. I mean, New York did score first, and then we did have to come back and tie, but uh, we had tons of chances. And we only tied at the end of the first half, um, and they made it so like it was a sure thing, but like, why do we have to go for the sure thing all the time? And people criticized Chapman for taking a shot from distance at one point, uh, because they felt like he unloaded too soon. And I just thought, fuck, no, you need these guys shooting all the time from wherever, whenever they got an opening. Which is because funny Babula, because, he, because missed a, he missed a shot at one point in the game from well, close range. And so did, like, Javinko, like, went on his cutback, he lost it, and Babule started, did the same thing within a minute on his cutback, and I was like, these guys are just looking for, like, the perfect shot. I mean, just take the shot. <laughs> you know, it, it, at some point, one of those is going to go in, right? Yeah. I mean, Saunders is good, and you could tell he was good because he made like a double barrel save, like within one within within one minute. He stopped Javinko and Babule both on different or Chapman, I think, on both on, on low to the ground, like the hardest thing to stop. Stopped them both, and I was like, "Yeah, Saunders is here to play," but yeah. like, um, you know, he's not going to hold it out the whole game, right? No. Uh, and the one thing that I kind of wanted to, but we did have our chances, and we had lots of them. Sorry, I just want yeah. to say. That's that's what you're basically leading up to, right? Yes. And, and mostly we didn't capitalize on any of them. So no, because um, we had the chance early on if we if we kind of um, go into this game. And I kind of wanted to say, you know, we talked about again the seventh minute Jovinko gets sprung in one v one, and off that same play was a was a corner kick from Jov- or I can't remember if it's Jovinko Bradley, but either way Chapman gets up there to get ahead on it, just goes over the net, but. It was shortly thereafter, and I, and I was kind of trying to watch what this team was doing and trying to figure out, you know, what our, our tactics were, what our approach was. And, and in the early going, you know, if I had to categorize, it looked like we were doing uh, a 4-3-1-2 that at times looked like a 4-3-3 that, <laughs> that sort of was fluid into a, like a three at the back with Bradley almost in the center, and you had our two, our two fullbacks pushed up high to be the four midfielders and then those the rest of the guys pushing forward definitely definitely a difference between when when of course obviously when we had the ball and new york had the ball and there was times where we even had five guys on the back line i want to say that justin morrow didn't seem that comfortable up there in fact uh, at one point when he had he pretty much had a breakaway and uh sort of was just too casual on the ball it's like he didn't know what to do when he was up there by himself kind of so uh maybe that doesn't always work you know, having the wing back thing going going on. I, I mean, it does give you width and options, but um, if the guys who are in the wing back positions aren't used to playing forward, yeah, um, how effective can it be, really? Yeah, and I'm wondering if Greg Vanny sort of sticks with this, sticks with that kind of approach, where he's going to have your two center backs out, Bradley in the middle, and your wing backs push up. Will he give maybe Ashton Morgan a look? Because Ashton Morgan is definitely someone who's a little more aggressive on the cross. And I think more willing to try to put that into the 18-yard box, probably more so than 
than uh, Justin Morrow. Morrow is more known for his defensive abilities, more so than his attacking abilities. So I don't know if that's something. Well, maybe they should put Morrow in the center instead of Williams or Burkis, right? I wouldn't object to that. We've seen we've seen Morrow play at center back, and I wonder if, if that's what he wants to do. If you had Morrow and Moore as your as your two center backs, Moore on the right, Morrow on the left. Yeah. And then you put Beta Shore and I Morrow was calling the line. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the steady on the back, right? So yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um, but then to, to sort of highlight the point of where we were saying that, like, in terms of some of the the approach or the energy that Toronto was showing in this game early on, I mean, there was two chances right back-to-back. The 12th minute was New York slid this beautiful through ball into, into Patrick Mullins, and he missed his chance just narrowly wide. He was all alone against uh, Saunders. But then, of course, at 15 minutes, we see the goal where New York crosses it to the opposite side of the box and Poku is sitting there wide. And it had to be noted that this is the third goal in a row from almost the exact same spot where a ball comes out on the left side. We had uh, Mene making a run at the ball, scoring, but then the following goal against on the weekend against Vancouver was Morales on that same spot. And now we see Poku on the similar spot where I have to say it. We've been. We totally have to say it. Was <laughs> Beta Shore trotting, trotting over to try to challenge him? I put that in air quotes. No, but it was uh, the point being. It was a bit casual for somebody who was trying to defend against a guy who's like pretty dangerous, right? Looks dangerous, anyways, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't see anything else from him, but uh, uh, Beta Shore was on that same side uh, on Saturday, so. Is it Beta Shore or is it Perkis? I mean, Williams was the difference. Williams wasn't actually even in the play, from what I can recall. So, um, uh, I, don't, I mean, do we just blame Beta Shore because he was there? I mean, he's the constant as well, but yeah. like, uh, I can't tell, right? So, it's maybe, but it seems like a weakness. I mean, if somebody was watching tapes from Saturday, they certainly exploited the weakness that was exposed on Saturday. Yeah, and, the, and I, as on, on replay of the play from Saturday where the, we were kind of railing on Perky for his lack of maneuverability or agility, uh, it was Betashore who swooped in and just completely <laughs> tried to do a slide tackle and missed Manic completely uh, and looked pretty, pretty poor on the play. And I would say that against this play against Poku, he didn't look that good either. And I would, I would say on this game I would call it a mixed performance uh, on the well, right I would, side I, would, I, I think that was the uh, play though feeling responsible for that goal was the thing that brought him back into the game uh, and he did play pretty hard for the next 15 minutes uh, he pushed up quite a few times uh, and tried to make up for it like with either getting uh, some service over or getting you know getting it mixed up into the offense right so he was doing a lot of running after that um, out of guilt, I think, and got injured. Like, he was holding the side a few times, and I don't know, he took a few knocks, but definitely I think he felt guilty or bad. Yeah. Right? And I won't I won't, I won't. discredit that. It's just a fact. It's a motivating factor, right? Yeah. If you feel, fucked, if you feel like you screwed it up, you want to try and make up for it. Yeah. And it, and it was almost at that point where you, you're looking at this game, and I'm almost like, you're not, you're not feeling how things are looking for the for the eleven on for Toronto C on the pitch, New York is looking better, and uh, you starting to get the sense that this might this game is going to be uh, a rough one. But I would say in the first half that Toronto did start to pick it up a little bit better um, and try to like fight back into this game. 
and I'm sort of leading up to the 42nd minute, but there were moments sort of at towards the 30th minute. You know, the 28th minute was that play where Chapman got the ball slotted to him perfectly in the 18-yard box where everyone is screaming, shoot the ball. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was at the 27th minute. Yeah. And uh, yeah. all I can say is my initial impression, let's say, of, let's, of this game. Well, I mean, we thought that basically he didn't shoot because he's didn't have the confidence or didn't realize he had the shot maybe uh like because it seems like if you're in that close there's got to be people on you and there was nobody on him and he had like basically time and and the location like he was in the perfect spot to shoot and didn't passed it and anyway and everyone so, and was I, wondered, I mean that was like a that was one of those moments where it's like and that's the opportunity that's the time that's what you're talking about with missed opportunities that was like one of the basic ones right yeah and that was when we were down so it was particularly um uh sort of yeah it kind of hurt we were we were feeling the the loss of uh, not, not actually taking advantage of a shot yeah and it makes me wonder it makes me wonder having not seen like tons of toronto c2 games but what the setup is there for players like Bully and Chapman um, are coming out of because it was the same thing on Saturday where Chapman had this great that great run along the line and instead of owning the moment he chose to lay it off and this moment again instead of owning that moment he chose to lay it off so I wonder if either A it is that it's confidence or B that Bully has this reputation coming out of TFC Academy and TFC 2 that he's the guy that, that that's part of that like that well I would say that Babule played with a lot more confidence this game like I think on Saturday he um, uh, I don't know he just didn't seem to he seemed to be a step behind everything but today he was leading a lot of things getting passes in he was taking shots had lots of chances and so I felt like he had a better game for sure and I felt like even Chapman was coming into his own in the second half like before he got uh, taken out at the uh, in the additional time for Lovitz, which was like a ridiculous time to make a <laughs> substitution. Um, I think uh, you know he was. Uh, you could see him. He he was ha- he was having his chances then too. So I think uh, for for, uh, for I don't know. I think as they got into the game, they started warming up to it, right? I mean, it, so in that way, it does seem like confidence because like uh, as you get used to playing, you obviously start getting familiar with like being on the pitch and being that nervous anxiety of you know a home game kind of thing right yeah so anyway well and i think that's i think that's an accurate observation or assessment especially between those two players is that uh you know as we look through the end of that first half i mean babuli had a hand in two good plays and especially the goal um even before that you know babuli was linking up with between him chapman and jovinko and then we see the goal which I wish we like. Well, we don't have the opportunity to check it out, but there haven't been too many goals this year that Jovinko hasn't had a hand in. Right, that came from Babule, right? So, yeah. So, so Babule lofts it in, and uh, it goes far post to Williams, who kept it in. Like that was a brilliant keep in, and the end went to Johnson, and Johnson scored. Yeah, and it was great. To see and Johnson was like flying to try to get the get ahead on the ball. Yeah, it's too short. It's too <laughs> short. Thankfully. It's yeah. too short because uh, Williams was there far post and scoops it back. And, and the New York defenders are just standing there all looking at each other. Right. Nobody moved. Well, they thought it was out probably, right? So it was a brilliant save. Anyway, it was great to see Johnson get a goal, and he almost scored again in the second half. So, uh, I mean, Johnson was basically the guy who was 
He's, he was our scorer. He was the target man tonight. Yeah. It's great to see. He's and, Canadian. Well, He's and like you a, know what I would say? There was another thing on this that I would characterize this game as is that for some players, it was, uh, I don't know about if redemption's the word, but they bounced back from the game on Saturday, and I thought Will Johnson was one of them. Where Saturday, we obviously heard it in the people around us. You can, I guess, like, yeah, he was taking a lot of crap. It's he got a, a new haircut, li- I think. Too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, in the stands, you're not really, you can't take, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But in a way, it is a bit of a litmus test about what people are feeling with a player and how their game is going. Because yeah. you know, some people are seeing things that I'm not looking at, and uh, you know, Johnson was catching some heat on Saturday's game, and today. He was, he was kind of a he star. He was working hard. Yeah, I would say, I would say, because I look back to that home opener that we highlighted, the Bradley Johnson pairing in the middle, and I thought both those guys once again showed up tonight and put and like put in, yeah, put mean, in I, a shift. I think outside of the DPS, he was like the pretty much the the player to watch on our side for sure. Um, so yeah, I agree. Uh, and then we go. It's in terrible this. when we agree. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Um, but into the second half, I have to say that the way that first half ended out and going into the second one, we've said this already, but I thought the three points were on the table for Toronto to take uh, on this night. And we came out pretty strong early on. I would say the first 15, 15 20 minutes. Well, and it, and it seemed by the end of it, like with all the time wasting that was going on, it was definitely New York who was trying to kill the clock, and they were just happy with the win, right? They were happy to get out with, or sorry, happy to get out with a tie. So at least they got points on it, right? And I was thinking, well, you know, we won't be so lucky when we go to New York. So um, that's exactly. Well, I don't know if we I play them. I don't know if we play them again. No. No. So well, anyway, either way. But we do go back to Red Bull Arena, so technically we will be <laughs> playing yeah. a team called New York. Yes. Okay, but regardless, uh, yeah, just given the number of chances, I feel like we lost two points instead of got one. Yeah, I think that's like, uh, for, for a weeknight pod, we're not going to push this one to an hour, so maybe we can, like, if there's any uh, the, the key moments in the second half, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, again, we've said that there were there, there, was, were, there, there, there were some really good chances. Look, there was a lot of buildups, and it mostly took place before, like, the 70th minute, right? And then after that, it's kind of like David Villa came on at the 75th minute, and there was, like, a card and a couple of plays, but nothing really memorable. So the last 15 minutes is sort of like, I just want to forget that, and I wish I could get my time back. <laughs> um, but, the, but, you know, the first, I would say the first uh, two-thirds of the, second half were good yeah it was and then i think they both realized that this is a draw and it kind of got boring after that yeah uh and then so they sort of just played each other cagey a little bit but like to make sure that they defended and like so new york did make some attacks and then we sort of soldiered up our defense and it kind of just locked i and we tried to do some counter-attacking but really it didn't get close to either goal so it's sort of the game was played in the middle if i could say that and it was just uh yeah, and, and it was interesting how in the, time clock, time, sorry. the at the beginning of the year we had Jovinko playing in the center in this game when when Altador isn't around in this game he almost seemed exclusively out on the wing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, in the second half he was almost exclusively on the left side of the pitch, wide, wide left. And Babuli was on on the right, and then Endo was sort of in the center, right? So that's kind of how. But like playing deep center, like a not, false nine. Yeah, well, pretty far back though. I mean, yeah. almost like a yeah. I I don't know. There anyway. was nobody up top. Like there yeah. was no one at the like there was no diamond, right? Like it was 
there's a lot of distance to make up to get the ball up to our front. But somehow we still did. Yeah. So it was less cluttered, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it was working there. But uh, and there was times like uh, I, I remember when I think it was Beta Shore. Or I think it was Beta Shore had a perfect ball through to Javinko. Javinko was wide open on the line, and you're just like, give it to him. Like yeah. you, you were screaming at you. That was like a perfect chance yeah. near the end. Like I guess in the last 15 that we could have actually had another break, but. I think uh, at some point, I think Javinko got frustrated and he sort of gave up on it. And, and you know, the other thing I was thinking of um, was last year, I think, when we played New York. Um, I, I didn't see the game, but you were telling me that the, basically he was uh, neutralized. And I think they had kind of marked him out a bit. And I think um, they did that a little bit tonight. I mean, not at the beginning of the game uh, where he got his chances, but I think they caught on to him. And... I didn't see him being double teamed, but I also didn't see them letting him get the ball that often. Uh, and when they did, you know, they were immediately on him. So they I, closed I, him down quick, and they were onto it that he likes to like cut back and try to run a, like yeah, run um, horizontally. So they would catch him on the cutbacks all the time. And I think um, for whatever reason, New York knows how to play against them. If I could say that, because it's just I don't know. It seems like he doesn't do well against this team. No, it's for a team that's only been around one year. I would say that. Uh, New York City FC is a uh, is an op- opponent that I don't like. Like there's it does this they don't they do seem to bring something out of this team. Uh, where yeah. the where the match definitely is. I mean, obviously the last year at, at home it was a loss, but there I can feel that there is some uh, maybe not animosity, but there is a bit of rivalry. That's yeah, and this game was there. pretty chippy too. I would say like in the second half especially, I noticed it. There was a lot of. Uh, I mean, it started escalating. There was cards coming out, and there was lots of whistles going, and uh, and people like by the end, people were grabbing people by the collar and throwing, pulling them down and stuff. And I just thought, well, this is getting at it. Like, I mean, it was getting a bit out of hand, I think. And so, one observation though, down the stretch is yeah. I have never seen a res- referee blow a whistle and then get petitioned for the yellow card and him actually go and do it. Yeah. So that happened with Bradley, right? So Bradley got yanked down, and then Bradley started yelling at him, and. He had at that point. It looked like he had no intention of uh, going further than just the whistle. Like he had just given the given the kick over, and um, and then he pulls out a yellow and and gives it to number ten on uh, New York. Discrewed. Yeah. Mixed discrewed. He was a great player, by the way. But I also he's a great agitator. I noticed that he has a way to get pe- under people's skin. He was getting under mine, and I was just watching. So. <laughs> Um, so, so that's like a talent. Like that's a talented player who knows how to play a head game, right? And um, he certainly. Uh, well, it was weird that he got the yellow. I just say, like, I've never. I've seen never that, seen that before. I've never seen that happen either. And I was just like, if that's all it takes is a good argument. Yeah. Uh, you better watch yourself, ref, because people are gonna come after I you. I do feel like you're gonna get a reputation. For yeah, this, right? I feel like this was the ref. This ref gave off that vibe where he makes a bad call, so he makes he'll make it up down like a few minutes late like that's the vibe that i was getting from him one of those kind of raps you know yeah. that tries to keep things even and if he makes a call for one team he's gonna give it back on the other I, side I, I certainly felt in other instances he gave us calls that we shouldn't have got yeah and, and people, for sure and people were happy with it and I, just, I think he was trying to be a crowd pleaser yeah after, <laughs> after the offside call so i wonder if he's like a like a a new ref because like new refs are kind of unsure of themselves and maybe if i'm not mistaken this was soren stoika who was the ref for this game and if it was he is a new ref like so, three years like he's only been in the league a couple league a couple so years. i wonder if he's just a little nervous 
to a hometown crowd, he's not gonna. He doesn't want. I he wants to get out alive. I was gonna I say it did. It did feel like a hometown ref, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I feel like a, he was playing to the hometown crowd. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna complain about that. <laughs> yeah. So exiting out of this, Steve, uh, a one-one draw. So I think the maybe like maybe finish with a few conclusions. We've said most of our piece, but I think overall, um, without it being like. A lackluster game. Doom and gloom, but it, right? yeah, but it was a, dis- a 1-1 draw. It probably could have been a better result. Uh, there was flashes of excitement, but led to disappointment because we didn't finish, and definitely... Points dropped. Yeah, it feels it feels like it. Um, and if we mention some of the players at hand, we've talked about them a bit, but I would say that I thought Babuli played a good game overall, and maybe that gives us a little bit of confidence going forward without Altidore that maybe... He might have more to show us. Yeah. And I felt like Chapman was coming in to his own. But I feel if uh, Delgado and Osario get better, you know, he'll be back on the bench. So, But it's good to get him some time because you don't know... I mean, you don't know what's going to happen down the stretch, right? And lots of these players will see more time. So the more time he gets, the more confidence he gets, and I think he'll be better in the end, like when we're playing in the fall, right? Yeah. So. And I think that's what's lacking so I think my only my only real concern is that you know the, what we've sort of outlined of, of what Altidore brings to the table is that he's a secondary threat or a primary threat however you want to say it and truthfully we don't have that now outside of Jovinko I, I want to say that Endo was giving good balls when he did but he didn't give he wasn't really mixed up in the play too much so I, I do remember him threading some beautiful balls through um but not often. So I feel like uh, I wish he was more of a presence in this game. Yeah, and also that as the game wore on, it was predictable. You knew you knew when he got the ball, and uh, some other players as well, all they were doing was looking for Jovenko. Yeah. And there was a couple of plays where Endo picked up the ball, he turned, and he was waiting for the timing. But that was the last 15 minutes, and I feel like that's when New York was really, like, basically marked him out of the game. So, I mean, Jovinko was, like, really going to the sideline, trying to get further away so that he could be open in some way. Uh, so he could make a run, run onto something. But, like, I feel like uh, that was maybe part of New York's strategy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about Jovinko a little bit more? Sure, why not? Because you were talking about uh, how he wasn't called up. Oh, yeah. So this is big news, right? Yeah, this is as we exit the game, there's some good news on the horizon because we kind of outlined this. So I want to call this segment Dirt. (laughs) Dirt? Because this is sort of like the rumor mill dirt or gossip or like some of it, like you know some of this. So, and you know, just because you're saying this, it doesn't mean it's totally the way it is, but like we, this is what's the sort of the. The starting 11 has been listed, right? Or the preliminary squad. The preliminary squad for the Euros for Italy. And Javanko's not in it, right? Correct. So, uh, what's your speculation on that? Because you had some... Oh, yeah, I had some some silly speculation. You definitely had some uh, tinfoil, tin hat... Well, uh, because the last pod... Who was on the the last pod with us? How have I forgotten that already? Andre. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Andre was saying how Conte is gonna wants to buy him for Chelsea. So I put I was like, okay, here's here's my math is that uh, Conte is already talking about wanting to buy him for Chelsea, probably come let's say come January, and Toronto says fine, you can have him. However, Mr. Conte, you cannot have him for the Euros. We get him for the whole season then. 
There you go. That's a nice deal. So Vigo finishes off the season, gets gets a playoff push, and then Toronto can sell him come January to Chelsea if he's had an outstanding season. So my theory is that if he doesn't play the Euro, so first of all, oh yeah, you're gonna say first of all, first of all, that can't happen anyway, right? Because you just gotta if Italy wants him, you have to release him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They call him. So you can't make a deal like that, right? From what we know. Well, I mean, sure not out in the open. <laughs> But uh, I'm thinking that he has bigger cachet to play in the Euro because if he does well in the Euro, uh, MLSC will get a bigger um, ticket, yeah, price, ticket yeah. price for him, right? Sure. So uh, they wouldn't want to keep him out of the Euro. They'd want him to go. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue my point. It was just like I said. It's like sometimes. Yeah, no, no. Sometimes in my head, I'm like, oh. Yeah, well, we're trying to put hat on and I put two and two and No, we're trying to figure this out, right? Yeah. Like it's we're trying to do this without all the information. So Yeah. Or none of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outside of what what, what it's I read in the Speculation and rumor. Yeah. Um but that but it's true that he's not listed in the preliminary. Yeah, so, so that's not that's not, not rumor. So how does that let's just say this, Steve. How does that affect Are things still dire? Less dire. <laughs> as long as he stays fit, right? No injury? Because we're already seeing what's happened to injury, right? We've got Altidore. Oh, Altidore had six to eight weeks. So he's not going to the to the. Uh, yeah, there's no way. To the Copas. Copa, right? So, yeah, I mean, but but that affects us in terms of our goal scoring and our ability, like our options up front. So, like, and same with Lasario being out. So we noticed it tonight. I mean, we. You know, we talked about all the chances that we had with our B team, but if we had our A team out there, it might have been a different story. Yeah. I still think, and, I'm, and I'd be interested, I'm sure listeners, and I, I would be interested to know if they agree, is that when we have Altador, Jovenko, Osorio, Delgado, Johnson, and Bradley, that's our most formidable I agree. Uh, attack, I agree. so to speak. Um, it's good to see that Babuli... Babuli was was in there and started to play with a lot more confidence, and that gives me hope that let's say if Delgado's out, that he can maybe slot in and become effective on on one side of the pitch. I love to see him carry it, and he's and he, you know what, it, he reminds me a little bit of Javinko with his ability, with his dribbling ability. So he keeps the ball close to him, and it, and it doesn't seem to leave his foot, and it's, he seems to it seems to be difficult to knock it off him. So um, I think you know he's yeah, I love I love watching him play. He's like a, sort of a mini Javinko. Giovinco Light. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if we exit out of this, Steve, I'm going to keep this up so nice. Any sights and sounds? Any things that you picked up? Today? Well, I wanted to. Uh, we got a. We definitely got some response from uh, the, um, I guess, the Heritage series. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, so. Uh, there, were some, there were some of those kits in the crowd today. Yeah. <laughs> got to sell them. But I wanted. To, yeah, but I wanted. Uh, like, we got a bullshit detector out there, right? So, which is great because. Um, you know, we were being a little bit soft on, like, uh, just about MLSE and this Heritage Series thing, and uh, and we had some uh, someone wrote us saying... That was, I picked that up online. That was a, oh, conver- sorry. That was a conversation online. So there was something else online. Sorry. So yeah. You want to tell us about it? Well, I just was, I, I just saw someone that was talking about it, and he, I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was, like... He says, I it call, was nonsense. I call BS on yeah, this, it's, right? Yeah, it's total nonsense, yeah. this whole Heritage Series thing. It's, like... And, and deconstructed it based on, like, well, you know, there's not really a link between Toronto FC and the Blizzard. 
uh, because it went from Blizzard to the Lynx and then, you know, and, and there was a bunch of other things. It was, anyway, it was a fantastic uh, post that you saw. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of... And there was lots of, um, you know, there was a lot, there's a lot of players. There's a lot of people in the city of Toronto who are the heritage, who are the history of the city, who I've never and seen. Football. Yeah, who I've never seen. And I think that Toronto... have never been recognized. No, and I think Toronto FC, um, you know, likes to think football started in 20, 2007. Right, right. And and, and, and now have, and now it doesn't because they have a jersey to sell. And they probably want to propagate that because uh, they can they want to mer- merchandise it. Yeah. So, uh, and then just discount the other history. Which oh, is, and because which the other kind the, of which is kind of insulting. It's very insulting. Well, the main point right. and the way this where this started from though, Steve, was that um, you know in a home game we weren't wearing our home kit. Right. We were wearing you know a white third kit, and our and our colors are red. And so we were wearing, we were essentially wearing blue shorts and they're, a white. They're, they're red and gray. Because gray onyx. is... Onyx. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but like I said, I think it's got something to do with that FIFA thing where they want to have like a, a light color and a dark color. Because lots of people watch TV on black and white screens, right? So that's FIFA's new sort of... Like that's why... Like that's why I was emailing you. That's why I said that's why Holland played in black last year or in the World Cup, right? That one game. Everyone's yeah. like, why aren't they in orange? There was that big controversy, and it was because it came out that it was because FIFA wants like a black and a white because most people are watching the games on black or and white TVs. Right? Could be. It's just a, an easy way to distinguish between the two teams, right? Sure. So I'm feeling like maybe MLS has adopted that. However, as, my response was. North America. No, my response was the only reason. The reason why we're seeing those jerseys in a home on our home field game is because MLSC has shirts to sell, and it's it's marketing. It's it's advertising. They don't have shirts to sell. They want to make shirts to sell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's advertising for sure. Hey, look at our kits. Go buy one. I'm not. No one's gonna have the incentive to I'm buy. I'm definitely it. not naive about that. Okay. I'm not suggesting you. Are. <laughs> I'm just getting my point across. Yeah. Uh, and and funny enough, one of the sights and sounds was we did see someone sitting in front of us wearing the beautiful white um, jersey with Jovinko. However, it was so white I could see underneath. There's a Pirlo jersey. He was wearing a Pirlo jersey. That son of a bitch. <laughs> and there was two other guys in front of us with Pirlo jerseys. I mean, Pirlo. Like that's what I'm saying. Pirlo was everywhere in the stadium, uh, and he was even on the bench. And we only saw him afterwards at the end. He sort of showed up on the jumbo. Yeah, he gave away. He waved to everyone. Said yeah. hi, guys. I'm yeah, not, I don't want to play this road game. Yeah, he's got so, bigger fish to fry, I suppose, on the weekend. So we didn't get to see him. No. I, maybe I'm glad, but I kind of, you know, sometimes you come to these games just to see the magic from some of those players, right? Yeah. And I'm, I mean, obviously, there's a lot. Hey, of we have a home game work. against the Galaxy this year, and we haven't had one, if I'm not mistaken, in a couple years. Oh. So that's going to be an an event. Yeah. For sure. Uh, even though there's no Beckham on the team, they do, they still have a you know, a lot of stars, star power still. So we'll see what happens when when these guys roll in. Does Miami still have Kaká? Orlando. Orlando? Yeah. So do we play them? We have them away. I don't know if we have them uh, at home. I'd have to check double check the schedule. We should because it's we're in the same conference, so we should have a home game against them. Okay. But I know we're playing them away bef- soon. Okay. Um. So let's leave it at that, Steve, unless you have anything else. I don't, I don't except that uh, the game on Saturday starts at 5. Oh, yes. So it's been moved up from 7.30. FYI, because everyone knows the Raptors, Raptors, are, Raptors, are, Raptors every, are king. I don't hey, think Pearl every, Jam knows it. 
Now TFC knows it. But I just think that, like, uh, uh, people in Toronto are more sensitive to that because it's Toronto town. And I'm thinking maybe we're... Maybe we're up for two losses, two points, two, oh, two, a double disappointment <laughs> on Sunday, Saturday, and so by changing this, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I kind of consider the logic about this. I'm just thinking this is kind of a stupid thing to do because, you know, not, first off, not not everybody like I don't watch the Raptors, so like not everybody who's a sports fan or who's like one fan of one of these sports teams is a fan of the other. So you don't have to like stagger them because some people don't give a shit, and secondly, uh, both teams stand a chance of losing so it could be double disappointment for those who do yeah it'd be a, a clean sweep for ohio on saturday yeah or for ontario <laughs> let's be positive finish it positive steve okay so hey this weekend you got you had a good band in oh no you didn't have them in but uh you interviewed oh yeah DS13. the band you're talking about yeah uh, ds13 from sweden but i don't know when that's gonna air so okay it's not gonna air this week all right I'll throw it out there anyways, but everyone knows, Steve, they can catch you on Sundays. Obviously, I'm, I'm clicking that in because obviously last podcast, you would have had uh, an episode of your show. All right, right. Yeah, so, uh, and I did do a DS13 feature on the show. So we have a blog spot. You can go check that out at equalizingxtostore.blogspot.com. And all our shows are up there. And you can listen to last week's show. That's the thing that's up there right now. But you can listen to all the shows in the past. Yeah, anyway, and of course. And we do have a DS13 interview coming up in the future. Great. Which I think, if I'm not mistaken, might be the only one because they uh, weren't used to interviews and they said, no, we don't really do many interviews, which I was shocked to learn. There you go. Uh, and then people can get me at Clark Arno on Twitter. If Andre was here, I would have said you could get him a Kabuki Live. And if Aaron showed up, he would have been at EMV Sports. Still check them both out. They'll probably be on the podcast soon enough. and uh, Or email me at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Again, the game's on Saturday. We'll be there. Have a great long weekend. The next episode will be up uh, shortly after. We'll catch you guys next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online, From the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Oh,